the Las Vegas Journal Review. Top of the key. Jordy comes left side, picks up the dribble, gives him and a foul away from the ball. McCoy fighting underneath with Pope. Rebels, Rebels absolutely get jobbed at home. You know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, there was contact. There was infighting. Not not to that point. Well, you know. Make the call. It's just amazing. So, in effect, another turnover. Things got testy. Into the lane. Cross, into the lane. Cross court to Clyburn. Chris, a three from the left side. That's off the mark. Cheatham fighting for the rebound. Mooring comes in there and a foul. Oh, oh that's a terrible call. <laughs> that is terrible. I don't know about that one. They call the foul on Jovan Mooring battling for the ball who was being thrown down from behind. That is an awful call. Loose ball. Whacking that thing around. It, that is a joke. Even, you don't blow that whistle. <laughs> Shove it in. And Lon Kruger erupts. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Oh, you got to miss UNLV basketball. Always getting screwed by the referees. But UNLV has landed one new transfer today. David Buwaka is coming in from Lamar. He was the uh, defensive player of the year in the Southland Conference. He is a center. He essentially takes Mbake Zhang's spot in the lineup as a guy without too much offensive upside, but uh, a potentially good defender. What could be more exciting, though, is a couple of Oklahoma players entered the transfer portal yesterday. Alondis Williams, he uh, averaged 18 minutes a game for Oklahoma last year, scored six points per game. And Devion Harmon. Uh, Harmon was the second leading scorer for Oklahoma last year behind Austin Reeves. Um, Harmon would be a guy that if UNLV could land him, uh, that he would sort of fill that role as, hey, this guy could be your leading scorer, because right now UNLV doesn't have that. Right now the current the current leading scorer on the roster would be Marvin Coleman in terms of how many points they've scored in their college career. They do not have a single player on the roster that has averaged over seven points per game at the collegiate level. Uh, so Devian Harmon would come in. He averaged over 12 points per game last year and would help alleviate that. Do you think they can land Devion Harmon? Would the second leading scorer for Oklahoma leave and go to a school that's in a smaller conference? Devion's in the portal? He is in the portal. He is also exploring okay. his professional opportunities, but oh, he is in the oh. portal as well. Okay. And that's a that's the next I mean, I don't know if he's good enough to uh, go to the next level yet, even across seas, but when they say that uh becomes harder i think if they're exploring other things um much like the kind of the whole mbake jong i'm like explore my pro level or going to the portal so uh, you know i mean look i would assume if he's not going to stay at oklahoma for porter Mosier, then they have his best chances anyway because lon kruger's in town the assistant is here from oklahoma kevin kruger oklahoma so my guess is if he in fact transfers out they have a really good they have a really good chance the other thing that we didn't mention, and you and I talked about off the air because this was a guy they were in on, Mikey Saunders, the guard from Cincinnati, is going to go back to school. And UNLV, apparently, right, BYU and UNLV were the final two choices, but uh, the new coach there got him to return. I, I don't know how big a deal that is. It seems like they have guards. Um, but, yeah, I would think with this player, uh, they have as good a chance as ever, any if, in fact, he stays in the portal. Yeah, and so 
Here's the problem for UNLV's roster at the moment, and they still have at least three open spots, so they can certainly still fix this. But they they don't have a guy that you look at and say, we know that guy can score. Like right, right now, right. Nick Blake might be the best bet to be their leading scorer next season, and you know Nick Blake averaged just over six points per game last year. I like Nick Blake. Uh, Nick Blake showed a lot of good plays last season. And if you listen, if you got Nick Blake's best plays every game, he'd be a first team all mountain West player, but you don't get that very often. And if you suddenly give Nick Blake 12 to 15 shots per game, right. His efficiency is probably going to fall, right? He's probably not going to be a super effective or efficient player. I should say at 12 or 15 shots a game, because he's never done it before. And he, it's not like he was super efficient last year, taking roughly five shots a game. You know, Arthur Kaluma, if he is in fact coming, he's a top 50 recruit. He might be a high-level scorer, but you're banking on a freshman to take 11, 12 shots per game. That's not really ideal. And then of all the transfers they've brought in, it's been a bunch of guys who have never really been the number one, you know, go-to scorer or even number two or three. They've all been coming off the bench. So that's a big hole on this roster right now. And, you know, you can count on... Donovan Williams or Royce Ham or Victor Iwakor to be better scorers next year because they're at a lower level, but you still don't really have a, a go-to type player, a guy that can actually create offense that we know of. So that's a big hole on this roster because if you told me this is this is what they're set with right now and this is what they're going into next year, you like a lot of the pieces, but it's very similar to last year where, okay, you don't have guys that can beat the defense off the dribble and create shots for everybody else. You don't have a true playmaker, and that's going to be an issue if they don't add somebody like Harmon in the transfer portal. Yeah, and you and I both said this. We have to wait and see, but I'd argue, man, I don't. You're right. They didn't. They couldn't score off the bounce, but I don't even know if they're close to last year because, as much as you know, you would point out, uh, well, the deficiencies in Bryce Hamilton's game and David Jenkins' games. I'm not seeing anyone on this team that those two guys are right now. Now, again, I'm going to preface it with they're all from Power 5 schools. I, I can't tell you anything about them because they barely played at these schools. But until proven otherwise, I I think last year's team's better, right? Because you know what Jenkins and Hamilton brought offensively. And like you said, Nick Blake, you know, he's kind of third or fourth option, but he was good at, at point. Like, I'd be more concerned now about the scoring part than last year they couldn't beat people off the dribble. Yeah, and... and... What UNLV doesn't have is, hey, we had a bad possession. Our play didn't work. There's eight seconds on the shot. Yeah, you got to go get something. Right, yeah. Who's creating a shot? Right. Because it's, as right. as much as, like, Bryce Hamilton was not efficient last year. He did not have a good season. He took a no. ton of shots. That's why his numbers looked okay. But he was not efficient. But a lot of that was because the offense didn't work. The offense, they didn't have guys that could get to the rim off the dribble. So, a lot of their possessions ended with, okay, there's 10 seconds left. Uh, can somebody get us a shot? And it led to Bryce Hamilton taking off the dribble mid-range jumpers, which, again, it's not a good shot, but it's better than a turnover. And right now, I, I don't, you know, he doesn't have that. I mean, maybe Nick Blake is, is better about that. Maybe if you give him that opportunity, Nick Blake can do that. But right now, they don't, they don't have that guy. They don't have the guy that, okay, hey, please go create a shot for us. Even if it's not a great shot, we need a shot, or otherwise we're going to have a turnover. They don't have that, and that's a, a big problem going forward. Because And the other part is, even when the offense works, I'm fascinated. We don't really know what kind of offense Kevin Kruger is going to run. 
I don't know who on this roster you'd pick out and say, okay, this is what we want to highlight. This is the skill set we want to highlight for this team. I don't know what that skill set is because they don't have great shooters. They don't really have guys that are proven at getting to the rim. So I don't know what skill set as a head coach you'd even be looking at and saying, okay, this is the best offensive skill we have of any of our players. Let's run our offense through that. I don't know what that is at the moment. Uh, let me ask you this because Mike Ramala and Sam Gordon, I think, said the, the same thing. And maybe, you know, I, I think the Texas kid fits into this now just because of what we've watched on YouTube and his clips and everything. They both said longer and more athletic. Is that a counter to like Reno and San Diego State in recent years where they match up with those teams kind of with these long 6'6 kind of athletic range guys and they haven't matched up well? You know, that both those guys said he's trying to get longer and more athletic. Is that just within the league that he feels you think that the better teams are have an edge there? Yeah, and, and it comes – I mean, to me, that goes back to the defensive side where – you, you don't necessarily need to have the length and the athleticism to score, but if you're going to defend good players, you have to have that. And that's right. what, and again, I, I think we talked about it at 7 a.m., that seems to be Kevin Kruger's main priority is get longer, better defenders who, like when you play Grant Sherfield at Nevada, right. can, you, can you throw a guy that's 6'6 on him and just say, here you right. go, deal, like deal with this. Like Grant Sherfield's really good. He's 6'2". Yep. So if you can throw what, I think Donovan Williams is 6'5 or something, if you can throw a guy that's 6'6 six, six on the point guard and say, hey, how do you do with this? That could yeah. be a game changer for UNLV defensively because it might change the way Nevada has to play offensively. Yeah. So I, I think, like right now you look at the team, it's probably fair to say UNLV will be a top half defensive team in the Mountain West. Like, it, like they better be, otherwise it's going to be a brutal season. But like, it's fair to say like they should be a top half defensive team in this conference. But the question comes back to, okay, are they the 10th best offense right now? Like, are they the 10th or 11th best offensive team in the conference based on what their roster is? They might be at the moment. So that's, you know, if you're if you're fifth best defensively, 10th best offensively, you're looking at the seventh or eighth best team, which is what they were last season. Yeah, I mean, they could, and like you said, they're going to be better defensively because they can't be worse. And what we've seen in his recruiting, he's getting better defenders but at the end of the day, we're kind of making fun of 54-48. Okay, you could be really, really good defensively compared to the other years. But what does that mean? You're giving up load of mid-60s? Well, are you going to score that much? They might not. They might not. I, I don't know. Like I say, you know, I mean, let, let, me, let me ask you this. They gave up. You might know this top of the head. Let's say he can get them this year to where in conference, I'm not saying out of conference, they're giving up an average of low 60s. I mean, can you find 60 on the other end, though? I mean, that would be great, but... The way we're looking at this team right now, I don't know if they can even keep up with that. And I'm not even saying they can, you know, defend to a low six. I don't know. They're going to be better defensively. But it's a concern right now looking at this, like you said, to each of the kids to where, where are the points coming from? Like, what, yeah. who, who's it? And these kids are going to have to step up. They, Like I said, they haven't played much at their other places. Now's your opportunity. That's why you probably came here because you want to play. And the other part of the the points is how what's the pace that they're playing at? Because... Mm -hmm. The roster they currently have, I would argue they'd be better off playing at a really slow pace, that they'd be better off trying to slow games down and basically just beat people up because offensively, what is their best skill set? We don't really know, but defensively, they should be solid. So I, I think I think they kind of look like San Diego State before San Diego State started getting good offensive players. Like they kind of right, right. look like, hey, our best bet is to play really good defense, 
but right. we're also going to play really slow because right. we don't think we can win a track meet here. That's kind of what it looks like to me. So that'd be another curious part is how do they look in terms of pace? Now, listen, if you land Devion Harmon, who scored 12 points per game in the Big 12 for a team that went to the NCAA tournament, that quickly changes things. If you can land a guy who's a great three-point shooter, especially a guy that can get out and transition and shoot threes, that changes things very quickly. And they still have three roster spots. But you got to land those guys at some point. Otherwise, we're still just talking about the same See, type of players who are, hey, he's good defensively, but he's never scored over five points a game in his career. Okay, I need you to stop talking because the marketing department has already come up with run with fun, run and gun, run a ton. <laughs> so if they can't use any kind of run stuff, how is this tomorrow? How are we going to get the promotions on this program if run isn't involved? So you're messing that? the entire thing up. Run with fun, run and gun. Run and with run fun, a ton. run and gun, run a ton. <laughs> so, I mean, you you are messing the entire situation up. So stop talking about playing slow. All right, coming up next, we could have some rule changes in college basketball, and of course, I hate a lot of them. Bischoff's briefs. Son, I didn't understand a word you just said. Bischoff's briefs. Hey, thanks. That is not a compliment. Ah, I disagree. Bischoff's briefs. Okay, well, that was just a list of complete nonsense, but you're not totally wrong. Bischoff's briefs. So it is the offseason for college basketball, which means there will be proposals for rule changes. And there are quite a bit that college basketball will consider for next season. Some of them I love, some of them I hate. I'll start with the ones I love, or at least the ones I like. The first one is close to a ban on timeouts. There is consideration to limit the amount of timeouts a team can take in the final two minutes of games. If you listen to the show, you know I've been yelling that we need to ban timeouts in college basketball because they just ruin the product of the game and coaches don't they don't even get good shots half the time anyway so who cares so ban timeouts the problem with me for this one even though it would limit timeouts it would still allow each team to call two timeouts in the final two minutes of games so you wouldn't really be limiting a whole lot that's not really a big difference from what we do now but it is a start. It is a start on what I would like to see, and that is banning all timeouts. I feel like this is step one of getting to a point where you can no longer call timeouts in the sport of college basketball. So I like that one, even though it's not enough. What's also something that's not enough but I like is the resetting of fouls. So right now, college basketball you pick up your seventh foul in either half as a team the other team gets to shoot one and one once you get to your 10th you shoot a double double this proposal the foul count for each team would reset at the 10 minute mark of each half and the one and one would be eliminated and the way free throws would work is once you commit your fifth foul in any 10 minute segment the other team would get two free throws and then at the 10 minute mark it would reset and then once you hit five fouls again it would the other team would get two free throws and it would stay that way for the rest of the game. The reason I like this is this is basically college basketball going to four quarters. Now, it's not them officially going to four quarters, but if you're going to change the fouls at the 10-minute mark of each half, you're basically splitting the game into four different segments rather than two different segments, 
And as we talk today, the only level of college, the only level of basketball in the world that plays halves instead of quarters is men's college basketball. For some reason, they still want to play halves when they should be playing quarters. They need to take it one step further. And the other rule change that I would absolutely love is that offensive goaltending would be legal. I can't figure out why on earth offensive goaltending is illegal. If you're on the same team, why the hell can't you help your teammate's shot go into the basket just because it's still sitting on the rim? That seems incredibly stupid. If you're on offense, you should be able to touch the ball no matter what. Who cares if the ball is sitting on the rim if it's your own teammate's shot? I can understand defensively, we don't want guys sticking their hands up through the net to block shots, so we still need some level of defensive goaltending. But offensive goaltending is stupid. You're just stopping the team from helping out their own teammate? That's dumb. So offensive goaltending should absolutely be legal, just like it is in FIBA. Give us offensive goaltending, make it legal. So those are the rules that I love or at least like a little bit. I want to um, suggest another one, uh, and this this might work at, at most levels. If you headbed a teammate, the other team gets a technical <laughs> shot. No, so, absolutely not. So if you headbutt, if you headbutt, a teammate, headbutt your no teammate, problem. or better yet, your coach, the other team gets a technical free throw, and, and, and there you go, because I re- you can't I butt, reject headbutt it. your own teammate. I reject <laughs> the rule. You are allowed to headbutt your own teammate at any time. It's perfectly fine. Now, there's a couple of rule changes uh, that I absolutely hate, or suggestions, I should say. None of these have been accepted. But a couple of suggestions that I absolutely hate. And one of them would be making a the most complicated rule in the history of the sport. So there is a proposal to change the amount of fouls a player can have before they foul out. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. In the in the NBA, you get six fouls and then you foul out. In college basketball, yeah. you get five. And actually, because right. NBA games are 48 minutes and college games are 40 minutes, it actually works out the same per minute you get to foul the same amount of times in college as the NBA. This rule proposal would kind of be allowing college basketball players to get to six fouls before they foul out. But in reality, it would be three per half. Because the way the rule would be written is you could, if you commit three fouls in the first half, you can't play the rest of the half and you have to sit on the bench, but you get to come back in the second half. But then if you commit three fouls in the second half, you're done. And it doesn't matter how many fouls you commit in the first half. If you commit zero fouls in the first half and you commit three in the second half, you foul out of the game. So it's it's unnecessarily complicated. There is no reason to have different halves, different amount of fouls per individual. Just give everybody five or six fouls, and that's it. Like, just make a decision between five and six. Stop trying to complicate. Oh, well, he, he fouled twice in the first half, but three in the second half, so he's done. It's, it's, it's incredibly stupid. It doesn't okay. help anything at all. So I'm going to put you down in the basement with the kid in Philly who obviously thought about this because this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard about. So you know it's some weird <laughs> kid that knows nothing about anything. If you're down in the basement and this kid looks at you and tells you this, first of all, you're saying it's completely stupid. But let me know in his mind the genesis of why the hell you'd even think about this. What What is this either advantageous or opposite towards teams or players? I have no idea trying to figure this out why this would make any kind of sense. The, like only what, a- what, the people who love it, why do they love it? The, well, I don't know if anybody loves it, but the only okay. difference that I would see is if a player picks up two fouls in the first half, 
most coaches sit them now. Yeah, they sit but them. Yeah. In this instance, because your fouls don't really carry over, a guy gets two fouls in the first half. You can just play him the rest of the first half until he gets his third foul. Then he's got to sit down. But then his foul, none of those fouls matter for the second half. That's the only benefit I could see from this. But I don't think that's a big enough benefit. Just give him five or give him six. I really don't care if you give him five or give him six. Just pick a number and make that the number because otherwise, okay. Jesus Christ, we're having to do way too much math in between halves of how many fouls the guy committed. It's ridiculous. So, like now, with most things, overthinking the room, this is a coach thinking of this. Uh, oh, absolutely, it yeah. has to be. Now, yeah. the the last rule suggestion that I hate is a rule that would allow teams in the final two minutes that if they get fouled, they can defl- excuse me decline the free throws and just take the ball out of bounds for an inbounds. Now. There's part of me that should like this because I hate the fouling at the end of games because that that's part of what ruins the flow of college basketball. But when teams are losing with 20 seconds left and they don't have the ball, the only chance they have at winning, the only chance they have at getting the ball back is fouling and sending the other team to the free throw line and either getting a defensive rebound or they make them both and you got to inbound it. If you, if you allow teams to just decline free throws... That means any game with under 30 seconds, if I'm winning by one and I have the ball, I win the game. As long as I don't turn it over, I win the game. Because all I have to do is hold the ball. And if you foul me, guess what? Oh, I get to inbound it again. You don't get a chance to get the ball. I mean, you can force a turnover, and that does happen, but it's pretty rare. So if I'm winning with under 30 seconds to go... The game is over, and I hate that. If you're losing with under 30 seconds to go, you should have some path to get back into the game, which is what the fouling and free throws, even though it's boring to watch, it allows that to happen. It's even more boring to just watch a team hold the ball and the clock run out. San Jose State set an NCAA record tonight with 42 fouls in the last 17 seconds. And, <laughs> and they lost by two. I mean, think about that. You're, you're exactly right. What if it's a one-possession game? You watch the entire game. They're pretty evenly matched. It's a one-possession game. You're hoping you're rooting for the one team down. So you're hoping they get back to, you know, you know, have a three. Or like the Gonzaga kid, you know, Jalen Suggs hits the three, and there's, you know, like, excitement like that. But you can't get the ball back because keep, people keep hacking. You're like, yeah, I don't want the free throws. Like, yeah, that just, not that's, doesn't make any it. sense. Right. It's stupid. Just give us the Elam ending and all of that will be fixed. Yeah. We will not exactly. we will not have to worry about late game fouls. If you give us the Elam ending, yeah. everything Just will be fixed. This is this is ridiculously stupid to even to even put out there in the world as a fix to basketball. Just give us the Elam ending and all of it'll go away. All right, coming up next, Cassie Soto joins the show to get made fun of. She is a used Honda Civic, hates 50% of her dogs, and will never get engaged. Time to mock Raiders.com's Cassie Soto on the Press Box. Good morning, Cassie. Good morning. Um, you guys going to have you... me on tomorrow? Should I, should, are you going to call me? You guys going to have me on tomorrow? It's Friday at 9.30. You're always on. I think my feelings are just going to get hurt when I'm like, hey, guys, am I, am I good to come on? And you're like, no, we found somebody else. <laughs> so we I think found that's, a, that's why I asked. We found a better <laughs> punching bag? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Is there someone else at Raiders.com we should be calling? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't found them yet. Uh, Cassie, are you addicted to TikTok yet? A little bit. 
Yep, I told you. Hello, I told you it was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. I am obsessed with all these different dog challenges that I can do with Archie and get him more followers. Um, Ed, if you if you didn't check uh, Archie's TikTok, I think we're up like 200 and something followers since last Friday. So we're trending in the right direction. I, I don't have TikTok. I never will. But I do want to say, and I told you this last night, I am, you know, I always had faith faith in uh, estrus the uh the non-fiance because i'm like this kid he's playing with her he's gonna hold out one day he'll just say hey the stuff's not there but now um <laughs> i'm very disappointed in estrus he's now as you sent me last night he's not only into tiktok he's the one performing these acts with your dog like washing the dog and bathing <laughs> it and stuff i'm like this kid i lost all faith in this estrus kid he might as well just give you the dang ring and just get engaged because now he's just he's off my list he, you know, he gets credit. He helped me create Archie's most viewed TikTok, the the oh, dancing God. puppy one. Um, yeah, he, <laughs> he he had creative he had creative control in that video. So, yeah, he's we're a team. We're a team. Tyler, Ed. did you see Tyler? Did you see last night's? Uh, of course I did. I follow Archie on TikTok. Before and after. Here's Archie with no bath. Here's Archie wet. It's like, oh. yeah. it's a good, it's a good TikTok trend. Yeah. No, Archie's Archie's catching up for missed time. There's a lot of TikTok trends he's got to get on, and he's he's getting there. It's good. It's good. Um, Cassie, so can you tell me? Can you go in your phone and screen time and tell me how much you've spent on TikTok this week? Oh no. Yeah, you need to do it. And while you do that, I'll let people know on mine. So. Uh, on my phone this week, which is, what are we, five days in, because today doesn't really count yet. It's not even 10 a.m. Uh, my most used app is Twitter. Uh, I've used Twitter for nine hours on my phone this week. My second most used app is TikTok, which I've used for six hours and 22 minutes in five days this week. Okay. Can you do that, Oh, Steph? my gosh. I don't want to announce this. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. What is it? My most used is TikTok at six hours and four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and my second is Instagram at two hours and forty eight minutes. Yeah. See? This is this is wow. good. TikTok is TikTok is tripled. Yeah. Oh, Wait, it's tripled Tyler, your second most used app. Tyler, for more good radio which we always do when we're not looking at each other, how do I figure that out on my iPhone? Oh boy. All right. So you're gonna go you're gonna go you're gonna go to settings. Okay, I'm in there. And then do you see the screen time? Do you see if there's a little purple um, hourglass? Yes. All right. Click on screen time, and then you'll see okay. a little graph. Uh, okay. Click underneath the graph where it says see all activity. Okay. And then under that, it'll tell you which apps are most used. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I no. recommend people don't do this. And you can, oh, you can adjust for, for the week or the day. What is yours, Ed? I, I, is this right? My week on Twitter? Say it. This can't be right. Say it. Over seven hours on Twitter? <laughs> Yikes. Oh, no. I, don't tell me I did. The only time I'm going to settings ever again is to, like, change my 30 seconds or minute <laughs> when my screen goes dark. Oh, okay. man. It's the so, only time I've ever gone to settings, actually. Tyler walking you through a thing on your iPhone. You know that that's going to be an open next week, right? Well, we're just trying to add to that worst of. Listen, uh, listen, you say bad radio. I think that was phenomenal radio. There's, there's probably like at least three people in their cars that are like, whoa, I have a yes. 
Oh, do it. Do it yes. car. Let's let's be safe. We'll pull over. Let's not do an ed an ed texting and driving. Okay. All right. I always thought Tyler. Everybody pull over. I always thought of Tyler as texting and driving. Ed oh, is just you, not paying attention to the road. Ed is doing everything except paying attention to the road when he's driving. This is. I mean, I'm. I, I thank both of you because now this is embarrassing. Uh, I should never be on a, an app for seven hours. I, 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 I can't do that. So, And that's I, only I in five are. days, Ed. That's only in five days. You still got all today, Saturday, and, and Sunday to fill the two days left to fill this out. I want to thank you guys. I want to thank it you only guys. Does it it only does it week and day. Imagine if it did it monthly, or is there monthly? Uh, I don't have monthly, but, I mean, you could just multiply by four, and you'd get about there. Oh, I mean, I can tell you, like, last week I spent 12 hours and 31 minutes on Twitter. Wow. His Fitbit why am I on dead. My, why am I on my text messages for four hours? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, that a lot of that, though, is also trying to, like, decipher what I just sent you. That is true. It says four hours, parentheses, three hours with Jared. So, all right. <laughs> oh, so, there you man. go. If you want to feel bad about yourself, that is how to find which apps you use the most on your iPhone and... TikTok has taken over Cassie's phone, which is exactly what I expected to happen. Because listen, once you start on TikTok, you're done for. You can't you can't stop. It'll never end. I so wanted you to be wrong, but the facts, the stats are there. <laughs> the numbers, the numbers are right there in my face. Because listen, oh. when you get on TikTok, you do not realize how long you spend on TikTok. Like you will sit oh. there and an hour will go by and you won't you know, you thought it was five minutes. You know what I don't like about TikTok? Is that when you like, when you click to a click to a click, like there's, there's no way, there's no easy way to get back home. Like there's like on Instagram, you know, like when you go in the depths of Instagram, the home button's always on the bottom left right there. But for TikTok, you literally have to go back, 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 back. So you have to go back through them all again to get back home. Did she just just channel Chris Berman? A little bit. (laughs) Um, You just, Cassie, you just swipe left. You no. can just keep you can just keep swiping left until you get back to your for you page, and then you're good to go. Oh, now this I oh. know about because it appears my son swipes a lot of stuff. Oh, that's, that's a <laughs> but I don't think it's TikTok. Uh, yeah, I think your son's just blowing up Tinder. <laughs> but I don't think it's TikTok. Jesus. <laughs> and um, after the show, and you can tell us on Monday. Please ask your kids which apps they've used the most on their phone. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, well, one of them's going to be five, minus five hundred at the book, so I pretty much know. <laughs> All right. So, Cassie, oh, what is next for Archie on TikTok? What is our what is our sneak preview of what Archie's <laughs> doing next? Um, there's the one. There's a challenge where like you go up to your dog and just put your hand in front of their face and see what they do. Like they're waiting to get pet, but you don't. And then sometimes they get mad at you or sometimes they just like come the rest of the way and we'll just start scratching themselves on your hand. So I kind of want to do that one. He's really been chasing his tail a lot lately. He's like one of the rare corgis with a tail. So I have to do something cute with that. He's, he's chasing his tail right now in front of me as I say that. Um, so. Have you seen the trend where owners, uh, while they're walking their dog, drop the leash and see how long <laughs> the dog will walk without them? Okay, I'll do that one. Yes, I have okay. to do that one. Actually, actually, he's... no, no, the better the better one of that is you drop the leash and you fall down and pretend like something like happened to you to see, yeah, to see if Archie oh. comes to try to save you or if he just leaves you. Okay, I'll do that one next. 
I'll do that one next. Okay. Go on, on evening walk. I'll, I'll do that one. Try this. That's a good one. Try this one. I was not I was not there last night, but the wife said on the evening walk with the Shih Tzu, Ellie Mae, she's walking down the street and a car is pulling out of its garage, right? Like it's yeah. waiting for them to pass. Ellie Mae says not yet, goes down, does the business right on the car, right right in the right behind the car. Okay. Like just it's over. It's Archie, over. And, and these people Archie are waiting in the car saying, what are you doing? Downtown Summerlin. Yeah, it's horrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Right right there. <laughs> yes. Archie did that in the, middle of the, in the middle of the crosswalk at downtown Summerlin on, like, a busy Saturday oh. afternoon. And it was oh. a wet one, too. So, like, I had to, like, okay. you know, <laughs> get in there to pick it all up. And, oh, man, it was embarrassing. Oh. Oh. At least you picked it up. That's that's I the did. only good thing here. I did. Because you didn't did. leave it. People in my neighborhood just leave it all over the place. Ooh. And my friend... My French bulldog wants to eat all of the poop he ever oh. finds, so it's a disaster because that's oh, all you he don't wants have those to do. Brown, you don't know those brown little bags that everyone has? We do. No, we've got oh. plenty of little. Uh, listen, my neighborhood is great. Like we've got little fake trails and grass spots. It is terrific for walking dogs. There are plenty of spots to grab the bags to pick it up, right. but people just don't in this damn neighborhood. And wow. my dog wants to eat it all. Jeez. That's terrible. And summer's coming, so it's about to be real stanky over there. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. But uh, get it. I pay. Why do I pay the HOA if these people are going to pick up poop <laughs> after their dogs? Unbelievable. There was a there was an apartment complex that I was looking at when I lived in, in Colorado, where if you had a dog, they would make you do a DNA test on your dog. <laughs> so if you if there was like an excess amount of poop, they would trace the poop, get it tested. To find out whose dog is pooping and who's not picking up their poop. This is phenomenal. I, I am, am not even I am, kidding. I was like, are you serious? What if I just you, ran out of bags? And you know what? You can, and nope, sometimes, sometimes the dog parks ran out of bags themselves. So it's like, hey, you're supposed to provide the bags. And I didn't bring one because I assumed you guys would. That's what I'm paying the extra 40 bucks a month for, for the dog to be with me. And yeah, it was a mess. I didn't end up living jail. there, but it could have nope. gone real bad. You're going to jail. I'm okay with my HOA going up like $10 a month if we can start DNA testing all this poop to figure out who's who needs to go to jail for not picking it up. There has to be like a very, very sad geneticist who's like, all right, I got this degree. I'm going to study DNA. I'm going to be one of those CSI guys. And it's like, no, you're in the dog poop division, bud. No, he is, he is changing the world one neighborhood at a time is what oh. he's doing. And it's phenomenal. Throw those people would, in jail. I would agree. I would oh, agree. Fantastic. Um, all right, Cassie, be before we let you go, I did want to give you a chance to do this. Tell us about the Children's Heart Foundation and what your sister is doing. Oh, yeah. So so every February for, what are we going on, like 13 Februarys now? Because she's going to be 14 this year. Um, my little sister was born with a congenital heart defect. Um, she's had two open heart surgeries. Um, and she has a, a mechanical heart valve right now working for her. Anyways, long story short, Children's Heart Foundation was there for my family when we had no idea what a heart defect was in a three-month-old. Um, they really provided so much support for our family. So every year they do a heart walk um, to raise money for families in need and especially for Camp Mendeheart, which is an awesome camp. It's a medically supervised camp. So these kids uh, can go to camp and, and rock climb and go on boats and and, you know, learn everything at camp, but they have nurses there 24-7 to provide them, you know, care that they need, provide them their medicine that a regular camp couldn't provide for 50, 60 kids. 
Um, so right now on my Twitter, I have a link up um, to donate to Children's Heart Foundation. And specifically, I have Sierra's team, my little sister, her team up there. So we're trying to get her some money raised for her team. And she'll get a little acknowledgement if she raises a certain amount. So go to my Twitter page at underscore Kathy Soto. You'll find that link there. One of my most recent tweets, I can retweet it. Um, and you guys can donate to a really, really incredible cause. You guys, you already beat the goal. Awesome. Your goal was your goal was only a hundred bucks, and you already beat it. You know, Good my mom set the bar real low. We should have gone like a thousand. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Cassie. Yeah. The one thing I have learned in life: uh-huh. set the bar as low as possible. That way, you never trip over it. <laughs> okay. Okay, you're right. You're right. But what, I mean, Sierra's awesome. My family, you know. We, we talk a lot, of, a lot of crap about them, but, you know, wouldn't be here without my family and what my parents have got, had to go, go through seeing their, their baby have, you know, open heart surgery. Uh, it's not something anybody wants to go through. And like I said, Children's Heart Foundation does a really good job of helping families navigate through, through some pretty difficult times. Well, hopefully awesome. we, can, we, awesome. can get a, we can get it above 100 bucks for you, Cassie. Hopefully that, <laughs> that happens here. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, <laughs> she is Cassie Soto for Raiders.com. Cassie, we appreciate it. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Happy Cassie. Friday. Yeah. Oh, how many? Okay. I, I want to know how many people at some point are going to actually think Cassie works for Raiders.com. Well, <laughs> yeah. The fact that I mean, they already? Yeah. People on, well, people on Twitter already do, but I'm hoping there are people that like <laughs> listen to the show that they, they don't spend 12 hours a week on Twitter like I do that <laughs> oh. will be like, oh, yeah, Cassie, she writes for Raiders.com. Raiders. Why, is she, why is she wearing a Saints shirt? That should be illegal. I just all, uh, all I want is us to at some point get the phones operational so that we can have her on. It's Cassie Soda from Raiders.com. She's taking your Raiders calls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Call in now. I'm uh, call in now. <laughs> I'm. I, I wish you wouldn't have done this to me. Oh, four what? I had to go hours, look up four hours on my text messages. What am I doing? <laughs> what was I doing on Monday? That blue line's way above the green one on the average. <laughs> you got the average green little dots, and then you got the blue line, like a stock tip or something like that. How many texts did I send on Monday? That thing's like 10 rows above it. Oh, a disaster. All right. We oh, need to go I, to break before Dad. I have depressed Dad. Coming yeah. up next, find out what else Ed does on his phone. <laughs> Jeez. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. So we're going to end the week... Hey, we're giving Jared way too much control. But we're going to end the week uh, with Jared reading us. What? Where are these? These are hockey names. Where are these hockey names from? They are from the USA Hockey's under-18 men's world's roster. Okay, so under-18. Also, these are these are young hockey players. Okay, I'm ready. What are what are our great hockey names for the USA under-18 team? First one, Rutger McGrorty. What was the Mick what? Grority. Grority. Okay. So somebody named their kid Rutger. Like a like are you do you have to be a big Rutgers fan to do that? Are, Why would you name your kid Rutger? Well, I think the last guy named Rutger was Rutger Howard, and I think that guy died in I want to say the eighties, but let me look. The eighteen eighties or the nineteen eighties? I I honestly don't know. Let me I'm I'm looking. So this- like 
McGrory, like an Irish McGrory? I okay. I I didn't I didn't get country of origins on this one. Yeah, you set the bar too high with the spelling bee, Jared. No, 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 we want. All we right, want a lot we need it in a sentence. Okay, so the next one, Red Savage. Red Isn't Savage. That, that sounds like the the dad from that '70s show. Isn't his name Red? Yeah, Red yeah, Foreman, it but it he was yeah, it his first name wasn't actually Red. It was the, his nickname from the war. And, but this kid's name is actually Red. Red. Yes, his first name is actually Red. Okay. <laughs> Braden Holt. Oh, Braden. Add a BY and you've got a hockey player. Yeah. Now you add a BY, it's a lacrosse player. <laughs> but you have to have a Y at the end. Um, Braden Holt. That's that's kind of normal. That's that's not as I mean, Braden. crazy as that first one you threw out there. Gibson Homer. Anyone named Braden is like has to be like two thousand and after. You can also pick out like uh, you can also pick out like not just these because we know they're U eighteen, but um, you can definitely pick out names in the last like twenty years. Like like we named Tristan Tristan because of Brad Pitt in Legends of the Fall. Oh my God! All right, wait, 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 wait. Throw it away. This list we got. We have ninety seconds. Ed, go. No, listen. We watched the movie. We're having the kid. She goes, <laughs> I want to name him Tristan after this. And I said, look, that's fine. But you know, this kid's not coming out looking like that, right? So, you know, it's Brad Pitt. Now, he came out as a beautiful kid. He, he took after and he's a beautifully handsome kid. But I'm like, at the time, you don't know how this kid's coming out. Is he coming out like me or the swimmer I lost out to? He came out like the swimmer. But at that point, I'm like, you're putting a lot of pressure on this kid if you're going Brad Pitt. Wait, if he came out like the swimmer, does that mean that the swimmer also tried to Feel your current wife? Like I would have more questions if, if yeah, I'm, sun, sorry, I'm, sure, I'm surprised you didn't steal her too, that guy. If the sun yeah. doesn't come out looking like you, there may oh. be more more questions than answers oh. here. I tell that kid I tell that kid all the time, I go, Tristan, man, you, you got lucky. I mean, if there's a choice here, you're not looking at me, man. So uh good for you. But yeah, that's why we named the kid Tristan. But again, it was in a certain time era where Tristan became kind of a uh kind of a more, you know, popular name than it would have before, like, you know, red. Okay, I, w did you guys already have names picked out before, or was this just like the first name that was like, yep, that's what we got to go with? I wanted Eamon because of the whole accent thing. She said no, and then she <laughs> remembered that movie, and she goes, I love Brad Pitt in the movie. Let's name him Tristan. I'm like, eh, I don't see the connection, but okay. Oh, so you didn't win <laughs> out at all, did you? You didn't, oh. even get like, didn't even get like Eamon thrown as the middle name. Yeah. No, for some reason his name's Scott. His middle name's Scott. I don't even. We. I've never. I've known one Scott in my life. He was in the sixth grade. I don't know how she came up with that. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I don't even know why our kid's name Scott in the middle name. I. I just went with it. I'm like, okay. My mom picked my first name, and my dad got my middle name because he wanted to name me after his dad. But there was definitely no. I, my mom won the first name battle there, but my dad at least got yeah. the middle name, unlike you. I get nothing. <laughs>